have to learn to divorce what man does from God because it isn't connected. We blame God for man's decision when it's not connected to the source. Oftentimes, it's those people closest to you that you just wouldn't expect because they've been telling you you need to change for so long. They just never really wanted you to change because they liked you the way you were. And they needed you the way you were. Most of the time for validation for themselves. Empower You podcast is devoted to bringing real world wisdom and encouragement to our listeners, fans, subscribers, and friends. We talk about a multitude of life principles and the process from an economic, societal, and cultural perspective. We believe that in tough conversations and shared wisdom, we can pave the path and leave a ladder for the future. So subscribe to our channel, rate, review, and let us empower you. What's up, friends? If you're anything like me, you realize that eating healthy meals supercharges your productivity and gives you a clear mind so that you can solve more problems at work or in your business. Smile More Meal Prep Service lets you choose from a variety of healthy food options that will fit your dietary needs while putting a smile on your face so you can stop stressing about eating healthy throughout the week and buying lunches because Smile More Meal Prep has got your back. And if you use the promo code EMPOWER, you'll receive 15% off your order so click the link in the show notes order your healthy delicious meals relax and smile more welcome welcome to empower you podcast my name is kibway cooper i am so uh, excited that you are here can everybody see here um how we doing out there today if you're on the live feel free to say hey I would love to hear from you. Um, Do share and let everybody else know. Uh, We're going to do these uh, weekly uh, where we'll be going live from the Facebook page so that everybody can kind of join in and we can have some really great conversations, especially as new series kind of roll out. So um, I'm really excited about this today. I think this is going to be absolutely incredible. So um, without belaboring the point too much, let's talk about our topic. So for any of you who are new to Empower You Podcast, um, my name is Kibway Cooper and uh, I've been doing Empower You Podcast for a little bit now. We've got about, this will be our 93rd episode and what we've been focusing on here lately is men, right? And the challenges that men face as uh, as we we progress towards being our, our fullest selves, right? Living up to your full potential, stepping into your purpose or your calling, uh, what you feel like you're supposed to do with your life. And there's a lot of different things that um, affect those decisions and that process of maturing and of becoming who it is you desire to be. And so um, we've been digging deep into uh, this unique, the unique problems, the unique challenges that men face. And so uh, in this episode, we're going to be talking about developing character, okay? Um, Developing character is super important, especially in today's uh, society with everything moving as fast as it is and the oversharing that happens. And so I have a a tremendous guest with me today um, who is a a youth minister. He's um, an audio video director. He does 
serves in various different capacities uh, with his church and also in the community. Uh, his name is Jack Fitzpatrick III. He's an absolutely incredible guy. Um, we had a pleasure of being on an interview series um, over at Commerce UR Community Church uh, where he serves. And um, I really listened to some of the uh, analogies that he gave as well as his understanding of, of some of the, the challenges that we face as human beings and then especially as men. And so, uh, you know me, like I, I had to see if you would spend a little time with us on the podcast. So um, I want you all to welcome uh, Mr. Uh, Jack Fitzpatrick III to Empower You Podcast. What's up, bro? How are you? What's going on? How you doing, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for being here, man. I understand you're busy. You got all kinds of stuff going on. Um, but I really appreciate you being here, bro. Seriously. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, one of the things that we're, the, our topic for today, rather, is is developing character, which is super very important. Um, you know, there's, we can't get far if our character is out of place, right? We just kind of continue to roll backwards on ourselves. So uh, I wanted to uh, give you an opportunity to um, tell us about yourself and where you're from, what you do, um, as we start to dive into this topic, because I got some questions. Okay. Um, name is Jack Fitzpatrick. Uh, I was born in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, we moved here when I was four, five. So I was raised here mainly, been here all my life, most of my life. Um, mom and dad are ministers of the gospel. Um, so I was kind of born and raised, bred in the church. Um, so that that's my background. It's very biblical. Um, <laughs> I always walked that path, but uh, because the foundation was laid, I, I came back to that. Right, right. Well, that's awesome, man. So, um, when we had, when we were both interviewed on that video series, you know, you really talked passionately about your return to, to your faith and to, um, how you allowed your, your calling, your purpose to impact the people around you and cause you to be uh, a servant leader. Can you tell me a little bit about what that journey was like for you? Yeah, well, I never, I never didn't believe. Let, let's start there. I, I've, I've always believed, but I wasn't walking in that belief. I wasn't walking in the faith that I that I believe. So, um, I, I say I went astray. Um, so I was out in the world doing what you know we do when we are out and about in the world, um, just like everyone else. I wasn't any different. Um, drinking. Uh, I, I didn't really smoke, but I indulged in some things, you know, sexual activities, all of these sort of things um, that come with living that fleshly, worldly life. Um, but when I got to Come As You Are, uh, I was in college. Um, I just graduated high school, just got to college. I, so when I came to Come As You Are under the tutelage, shepherdhood of Pastor Anthony Payton, who's still the pastor to this day. And almost as soon as I got there, he started telling me I had a calling to preach. And I didn't believe it, never thought about it, didn't want to preach. <laughs> um, and he would tell me almost every time he saw me that I had a calling. And this went on for eight years, and I would always tell him he was wrong <laughs> for eight years straight. I mean, every Sunday. And he never pushed me, he never pressed me about it, but he always planted the seed. He never let that die. He never let me just go about my business. Um, so I had somebody who was dedicated into, into discipling me. 
Um, but I needed that worldly experience to know that there was nothing out there for me. Um, so I had to go through that journey of, of walking outside of the faith per se, um, in order to realize I needed the faith. Right. Um, so once I came back, uh, I came back for the wrong reason. I came back, I, I would say, um, I came back for a girl. It ended up being the right decision, even though I came back for the wrong reason. <laughs> um, and that, that, but, but that laid, that set me on this path. Um, and me getting back from the first time I walked back in the doors, I knew that this is where I was supposed to be. Um, and soon after that, a month or two after I came back, I realized like, oh, he might have been right eight years ago. I might, I might actually have a calling. And I surrendered when I came back. Um, but it was, it was the world that pushed me back to that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really, really great. Um, and you know, I think one of the things that you said that struck me is that sometimes we can feel, you know, for you, you know, it's ministry, right? But for some people, it may be something totally different. For some people, you know, you may be an artist or you may have all these different things going on. Um, but the pull that you have, there's a, a desire that you have to be used or to be helpful in a certain way. Um, and for me, you know, I, I allow my podcast to to serve as my extension of giving of myself you know i try to gather as many people and perspectives that i really wish i had growing up um because i believe i'm supposed to be that bridge i'm supposed to stand in the gap in that particular way and so it plays out as a podcast right it plays out as me doing social media and stuff it plays out as me you know going and speaking and and and, and ultimately reaching thousands of people um mm -hmm. but again what you said was you were resistant to it at first and one of the things that i think is important to to discuss is how men because of an opinion that we have of ourselves um and our need to protect ourselves i think sometimes our opinion of ourselves um can be a direct uh, uh can cause direct resistance to who it is that maybe we're supposed to be or we could be um because we're guarded you know do you feel like well what well my question is you know you know, what was your earliest opinion of yourself and how do you feel like that played into your uh at, played into your life as you grew up and then ultimately went to school and 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 into where you are right now yeah well i for for me for me but i think also for most people the resistance comes from your circumstances and your life that that you've had um for me i was resistant to the call because I had a mother and a father who were called. Um, and I saw what that did to the family and to them. Mm -hmm. um, but also, I, I, I mean, my upbringing, I was raised right, but I was also raised by a father. I have, we have to tell the truth in order to set people free. But I was raised by a father who didn't always act in that calling in, at home. Mm. And so for me to see someone who can preach with power and what I thought was authority on Sunday mornings and act differently at the house, I didn't want to be any, be a part of that. Mm. 
Mm. And so for me, I was damaged to that to that wall because I saw it personally what was happening behind closed doors. Yeah. And I could not wrap my head around how you could be called, but you could act contrary to your calling. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I had a distorted view of what that was, of what the ministry looked like, of what what was embedded in me that I didn't know what surface years later looked like. Because what I saw firsthand from my father, whom at one point was a superhero to me, I saw someone who went away from that calling when they weren't in the pulpit. Mm. And for me, that damaged me when somebody finally got to me and told me that I had a calling. Yeah. And I was like, no. For So for me, I, I ran back inside myself and I was like, no, I don't want that because I know what that did to my father. Wow. And so it was damaging for me because I came from an experience where the calling wasn't wasn't true. It wasn't pure for me. That that's that's my story. And so I lived, I lived out, I lived out the calling with someone else. Mm. And so now I'm I'm getting told that I have a calling. And in my head, I'm going to walk in their calling, not mine. Yes, got you, got you. Uh, that's really good. Um, I want you to explain when you say calling for those who may not be uh, spiritually mm-hmm. inclined, for people who use mm-hmm. totally different language to describe their spirituality, who um, yeah. you know, just are of different walks of life. Explain to me what a calling is. Explain to our audience what they could discern or or determine. A, what how do they would determine what a calling is and and how it's playing out in their life where well, your calling is your purpose your, your calling is being picked by god for a specific design walk mine is ministry um that isn't to say that you don't have a job to do um that you don't go to work uh that's a separate entity in itself but my your calling is your purpose, what God has ordained and picked for you to do. And mine happens to be ministering the gospel. Um, for others, it might be deacon. For others, it might be running the sound system. For others, your calling might be discipleship, missionary, standing on the motherboard. Like everybody's calling is differently, but it's different, but the calling is whatever God handpicks you to do for him. It's your purpose for him. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's, um, that's a, I'm, I'm glad you clarified because, um, for some of us, you know, at least for myself, one of the things that I struggled with was trying to adapt my life to everybody else's identity Mm -hmm. and language and Mm -hmm. things like that Mm -hmm. and the reason why i asked about you know what is a calling what does that mean and i I think you broke it down so eloquently you know it's 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 the gifts that you have the the Mm -hmm. the the thing that god that the universe however you want to interpret that designed you uniquely to do um and that can play out in a lot of different ways but either way it had you have to be sensitive to it otherwise you know, um, it, it's going to be difficult for you to reach the level of fulfillment 
that you truly desire even in your case when you when you run from it right when you avoid it at all costs and i want to go back to something that you said um you said that what you saw growing up your lived experience impacted the way that you interpreted your own purpose your own calling um, mm-hmm. the things that you were uniquely gifted at can you tell mm-hmm. me a little bit about some of your role models or people who you looked up to as a child um or was you know pops the superhero and then when that kind of uh, when when your eyes became a little bit more open, you had a little bit more understanding, it just kind of damaged you towards authority figures going forward. Well, a little bit of both. Um, because, I mean, my father, I've ha- I had my father growing up. Um, so that was my superhero until my eyes got open and I started to see things that were contrary to who he was telling me that we were supposed to be, that who he was supposed to be. Um, so it put a bad taste in my mouth for male role models specifically. Um, but there were two men um, who just poured into me. One, I just had the pleasure of preaching at his church Saturday. Um, he was a, a middle school teacher and he was a, the girls basketball coach. And we often scrimmaged with the girls being on the boys basketball team. And he would always tell me that I had potential in middle school. Um, I used to get in trouble a lot. <laughs> and he would tell me, he was like, you got too much potential to always be in trouble. And as a young black man, you're supposed to be the example. He said, you're supposed to set the example. Mm. And he told me this for the three years that I was in middle school. Almost every time that he saw me, almost every time I was in trouble. Um, and I've never forgotten that to this day. Um, and then there was one other man when I got to uh, high school who was at my church and he was an usher. He was a lead usher. And um, when we started a youth usher board, he headed it. And he had a gentle spirit and he had a big giving heart. And he poured into me in a gentle way. Um, He wasn't one of those vibrato men that just had to be macho all the time. He just sat with me and taught me quietly. um, And he just walked the walk. And so he set the example because he never wavered. And even when his anger, he would express why he was hurt and why he felt the way he felt and mm. why whatever I did made him feel the way he feel and why he was upset with me. He never, he never laughed out and never cast me away. Um, so those two men set the stage for me. And then there was one more man in the summertime. My mom's a teacher. So in the summertime, she's not working. She would run a a church summer camp program. And there was this other man who ran another camp across town. And still to this day, me and him talk, I call him my uncle. And for some reason he gravitated toward me and we built a bond and relationship. And it just so happens that he's a pastor of his own church. Um, But but at at that time he wasn't. Right. But he walked a walk that, that represented a walk that I wanted to walk one day. And he poured into me being, you know, several years older than me, he poured into me these all these morals and ethics that I would need to become the future man that I that I would become. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. That's great. I think um, you know, what stuck out to me when you were just speaking was just that um the gentle approach that 
the the role models that you had have taken in your life mm-hmm. and how that has allowed you to learn. I think mm-hmm. for men, I think one of the errors, the first errors that we make is that we assume that all boys need this harsh discipline, that all boys need this 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 iron hand over their life um, to keep them in check or something, to tighten mm-hmm. them up, you know. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, I do believe discipline is important. Everything in, in the universe has discipline. You know, the sun is never late to come up. The, the, you know, the moon never gets out of orbit, you know, like there's everything has a discipline. There is a there is a, a rhythm to life. And so I do believe in discipline. However, mm-hmm. I believe that there is a lot of trauma that we trap in this idea uh, of being disciplined. There's a lot of trauma mm-hmm. that we transfer onto our sons and onto our nephews and and even our friends from this rigid idea of what manhood looks like and when you talked about these really incredible men who understood how to one guide you in a way that wasn't bruising but then also how to um demonstrate to you what it looks like to be upset what it looks like to be sad what it looks like to be on your you know in 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 your peak game what it looks like to serve these are very complex nuanced approaches to the male identity and i feel like a lot of times none of those things are portrayed in in the media i feel like a lot of times you know men are constantly told that we traumatized everybody which don't get me wrong there's a lot of trauma that has happened throughout history from men and so i don't diminish any of those things however i do believe it's important that we take the time to reinforce the positive attributes that come from uh, uh, being compassionate, that come from um, being sensitive to the, the movings of other people. And I think those are the things that define you as a person. Uh, my question to you, uh, or my next question to you is, is how would you define character? How would you define uh, uh, um, developing character in in you as a young man because you had a lot of great role models but now you characters when you're putting these things together you know when when you're exercising these invisible uh uh, principles how would Mm -hmm. you define character uh as a young man as you experienced it well well character is personality um but even past that character is what you do when nobody else is watching. That's what I've been taught. Yeah. Um, so how you act, what you say, the things you do when no eyes are on you, um, is is your true character, is who you truly are. Um and you develop that character by examining yourself, by having a set of beliefs, by having principles, morally and ethically and spiritually. Um and not just having them, but walking in those principles. Um, it's 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 one thing to have principles. It's another thing to walk. It's there's it's one thing to have knowledge. <laughs> it's another thing to apply the knowledge. Right. Um. So 
so I think you have to develop your character by examining yourself. You have to know who you are. You have to know all of your insecurities and insufficiencies. You have to know what makes you tick. You have mm -hmm. to know your strong suits. Um, you have to know your weak points. Um, and all of these things play a part. You have to know the desires of your heart. You, you, you need to know all of these things. And um, all of these things play a part ultimately into your character, who you become and what you want to become. Thanks for listening to Empower You Podcast. I want to take a second and tell you about a service I've been using that has literally changed my life. Akita Ricks, the founder of SawyerScore.com, helped me erase negative items on my credit score, provided me a clear path to improving my credit, and raised my score by 100 points in the first 90 days. Like, whoa. The best part about all of this is all I had to do was follow instructions. Now, if you're like me and you need a credit bestie, you need to click the link below and schedule your absolutely free discovery call today. Tell them Kidboy sent you. I think that's a lot though for young men i think you know mm -hmm. i think there's a lot for 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 men in general i think the idea of spending that much time learning just about yourself is not um does not create any tangible right um mm -hmm. value it doesn't mm -hmm. get you any validation nor do are you honored for the amount of time you spend by yourself and mm -hmm. so i think you know, for young men, what would you suggest uh, uh, they start to implement to help them start to define or really investigate who it is they really want to be, what they actually like and enjoy, what is actually causing them the most pain? What are they insecure about? You know, I think sometimes, especially, and I keep saying young men, let me clarify this. You know, first of all, I truly believe in our young men and I believe they have more potential than anyone um but i also know that there's a lot of wounded um adult men uh who mm -hmm. are you know our age and up i'm 31 you know and up you know and i think for some of us we have gotten so used to trying to be what providers or have these images and things like that that we really just have no idea who we are outside of the persona that we we portray to other people and so my question is what would you advise you know young people young men men in general who are watching this live who will watch this live late later you know what can they start doing what did you start to do to um to figure out who you were and what you liked and what your insecurities were unplug you 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 have to unplug you have to unplug from social media. You have to unplug from your phone. You have to unplug from your TV. You have to unplug from friends and family. You have to unplug from those outside voices. Um, there can only be one median voice if you truly want to become a certain man or a certain woman, but specifically since we're talking about men, a certain man, a certain man. Um, but when you have all these outside sources feeding you and they're not feeding you the same thing, then you become a whole lot of different things. So you have, you have, you know, your TV telling you one thing, you have Facebook telling you another thing, you have your friends telling you to hang with them and be like this. You tell, you got your family telling you to be like that. You got your girlfriend telling you to be like this and you got your job telling you to do this. And so you have six, seven, 10, 20 different 
entities all pulling you in a certain direction and all requiring you to be a different person. Mm, that's good. And, and you can't unplug from all of those things, but most of them you can. And so we have to learn to shut things out and shut things off. So we have to learn to unplug. We have to learn to unplug from the world sometimes. There's nothing wrong with that. And it doesn't have to be extensive. It can be an hour or two a day here and there. It doesn't have to be for days and weeks at a time. It starts off in small increments. I started off, I would just cut off everything for an hour and I would spend time with God. That was the thing that I needed for me. And I think for most of us, that's what we need is to know the creator, ultimately. Absolutely. But, I agree with that. But, but I unplug for an hour. No TV, no phone. I would make sure I put my phone in a different room on vibrate so I couldn't even hear it. Because I knew as soon as I heard a ding, I was getting up and I was running to it. Because that's what, <laughs> that's what we're programmed to do. Yep. Take our phone in the bathroom, in the shower <laughs> with us. Like, it, it's ridiculous. And so I learned to unplug. And in the unplugging, I started to have to look at myself because I was the only voice I could hear now. Mm-hmm. Mine and God. And in, in that quiet time, God can tell you a whole lot about yourself. Oh, that's big. That's big, man. That's big. You said in the quiet time, God can tell you a whole lot about yourself. You said you need to unplug from all the other entities that have their own expectations of you. Um, which could include family, friends, jobs, uh, school, church, um, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, being a father. You know, I think there's there's a lot of pressure. And I understand that women face pressure as well. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's 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 just different as as a man to um, try to be and especially as somebody who you when you're trying to be a good person, right? And I think more times than not, a lot of men are just trying to keep up uh, with other people's expectations. Um, And they do so um, through various means of coping and things like that, because the expectations you live up to don't necessarily satisfy who you truly desire to be. And so that's where I believe, you know, you get all the drinking, you get all the partying, you get all the because you're trying to satisfy your 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 actual soul and spirit, even though you're fractured in so many different directions. And so you just bury it all in various habits and things like that. So, you know. Another thing that I think is an obstacle for men to encounter um, is the uncomfortable conversations that come from from deciding who it is you want to be from shutting all the voices off. Because what they don't tell you is that the longer you spend actually getting to know yourself, you get less and less concerned with how everybody else feels about you. Mm-hmm. And that's a dangerous place. Because people dangerous. don't like you. People will no. not like you when you don't play into their trauma. People will not like you when you don't satisfy their need for drama or whatever. And so 
with all of these things, there's just, I mean, just be honest, even in the worst situations, there's a certain amount of validation you get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And so tell me about, you know, some of the uncomfortable situations that you've experienced when you decided, you know, this is Jack, I'm going to be me. And I'm not worrying about how everybody else is going to perceive me. I'm just going to do what makes me happy and what I feel like I'm designed to do, what my purpose is. Well, I I think the most uncomfortable thing about that is realizing that when you are have changed for the better and are trying to become a better person, it, it is oftentimes the people that is, that is closest to you that you don't think would ever be or have a problem with you becoming the person that God intends for you to be, that oftentimes don't appreciate the person that you're becoming for God. Mm. Um, oftentimes, it's those people who have been in your corner forever. Oftentimes, it's the person that you share your bed with. It's family. Um, it's the best friend that you've had for 20 years. Um, and oftentimes, it's not even a conversation. It's just their disappearance. Mm. And they gradually come around less and less. And they start being dependable less and less. And you you start to stop being able to confide in them because they're nowhere to be found when you need someone to talk to because this is the person you trust. Um, and oftentimes, it's those people closest to you that you just wouldn't expect because they've been telling you you need to change for so long. They just never really wanted you to change because they liked you the way you were. Mm-hmm. And they needed you the way you were most of the time for validation for themselves. You better say that. Listen. When I tell you, you know, first of all, you know, you're you're right on the money, you know, because it really is interesting how many people you think should be okay and even support the moves that you make who don't who you would think have been listening to you for years who have actually heard you know the desires that you've had in your heart but when it comes time to execute and when you begin to execute and move forward they're some of the first ones who have a problem yeah and I think that's really very very interesting so, you know, do you think that young men lack character today or do you feel like they're afraid of the backlash they'll receive when, if and when they truly decide to be who they feel like they're meant to be, which could be totally different than the persona that they've created and or their lived experience mm-hmm. has uh, impressed on them? Um, I think I think that might be a combination of both. I think they lack character, but I also think that they are trying to live in the character of what we see nowadays in the world. That that goes back to that unplugging. I think that social media and TV has conditioned them to be this new era of man. Um, so that's what they're going with. Um, not realizing that the lack of character that comes with that, um, that it doesn't hold any moral or ethical or spiritual standard to walk that walk. 
Um, and so most of most of the time nowadays, you see everyone, every young man trying to be a rapper. Nothing wrong with rap if that's you know if that's the gift that you have, but that's not for everyone. And it's often you know not the lifestyle the rappers themselves are living. Um, and so when you see that all day every day, not realizing that's not the lifestyle, that just rapping that to you, speaking that to you. You start to walk in that not knowing that that's that's not even a reality for most of us. Um, so it lacks character, but they're also trying to build their character based on a character that is portrayed to them. Mm, mm, that's really good. That's really good. Um, you, you said, you know, a lot of young men, you know, you, you see, you know, trying to be rappers or or ultimately emulate some mm-hmm. level of identity that they found online. Um, I think that is really profound because whether it is, you know, rap or sports or, you know, whatever it is that you aspire to be, what you said about the perception we have of these personalities mm-hmm. is often very very different from the reality the real experience of living in those conditions and that's why it's so important to know who you are because from the space of of your own knowing and own uh, um assuredness in your identity you can you can totally go and and become a music artist or a rapper or whatever like that but you'd be moving from a sense of your own power not just trying to emulate something that you really have no idea what it's what's real or not especially in social media and things like that you know and and in in a, in many cases what i see you know as i continue to go through this um this uh, uh business owner entrepreneurship world i meet different people different personalities that you see online i meet some of these people who you know have all these you know millions of dollars or 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 lots and lots of a huge communities or or like I meet them and they're not who you expect. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's absolutely amazing and they are just so much more genuine and authentic than you even just thought they would be. And then other times they're just so awkward and they can only really speak in sound bites. And so that's the way that they communicate in these small sound bites. And so I think, you know, just to just to agree with you, you know, I I really support young men, young know, men in general giving things a shot. You know, whatever it is you feel like you're meant to do, try it. It mm-hmm. might seem absolutely ridiculous to somebody. But you got to know for yourself that you're willing to look ridiculous to to stand on who you are. You're willing to lose it all to be yourself. You're willing for friends and other people to write you off because you're living your own truth. And when you Mm -hmm. talk about unplugging and allowing things to dissipate and confronting the fact that people just aren't going to like you sometimes... I think that's really, really impactful. You know, uh, who who do you feel like as a man, you know, as an adult now, who do you feel like you gravitate towards? 
um, maybe not necessarily on social media, uh, but just in general, like what interests do you feel like have that you didn't know you had start to flourish now that you have started to really create um, and develop your own character? Uh, 100% my pastor. Um, I, I, I mean, people got to understand my pastor came from the drug life, sold it and used it, went to jail, all of these things. But if he doesn't tell you his story, you will never know that. I mean, he has one of the most brilliant minds that I've ever encountered. I mean, there isn't hardly a subject that I've ever heard talk about that he doesn't know most things about. Most books that <laughs> that you bring to the table, he's already read or already has. Um, and, and the way that his mind is able to hold things. And so I, when I surrendered to God, I wanted that type of that type of depth of knowledge because it's in that depth of knowledge where God can use you in a multitude of ways. Mm. And so I wanted to be able, I, I didn't have a desire to read, but being around him so much drove me to read more. <laughs> I couldn't have conversations with him because I was scared to have conversations with him. I didn't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> I got to start, I got to start reading. I got, I got I to do something. <laughs> I can't do I get to sit here and listen, and then he asks me a question. I'm like, uh, 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 uh. Excellent. And I feel like that in some ways now, but uh, I'm, I'm better at having conversations with him now because I'm more confident because I have information to pull on. Uh, not a plethora, but I have some. Um, but watching him, watching him diligently strive to be better and be more, and he's 60-something odd years old. And he's still trying to gain new knowledge, even biblically. He's been a pastor for 26 years, but in ministry longer than that. And he's still a take a new theology, doctrinal class. Anytime there's something that he, he may not know, something new that comes up. Um, and that type of drive to be better for God and being around it every day, it rubbed off. And so I had a mentor close to me who already had fed into me for so long. And then when I was able to be around him in this close capacity, I couldn't be around him that much and it not rub off. Yeah, that's really great. That's really great. I think, you know, the 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 thing that rings out to me about this entire or, or, or your entire development process is the fact that, you know, not it's two parts. It's one, you shut off things. You 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 unplugged from certain things. But through unplugging, you also have given space. And I need men, women, especially men, to understand by unplugging, you're allowing space for new and better information, influences, mm -hmm. and people in your mm -hmm. life. You know, um, and when you talked about just being in proximity to someone who was always striving to be their best, not better than nobody, their best. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that is huge. Competition is important. Men like to compete. People like to compete. I understand that. But if you're not competing against yourself, 
If mm-hmm. you only can turn it on when somebody is squaring up with you, but you can't turn it on enough to get up every day, you can't turn mm-hmm. it on enough to 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 actually chart out a, a path for yourself and go for it. That proximity to someone who truly desires to be their best is just such a refreshing environment and you can't intake that kind of energy that type of uh, uh, mentorship if you're constantly plugged in no because hold on let me pause let me pause right here because my, my pastor has shared his pulpit with anybody he, he's not one of those who is stingy with his pulpit he lets everyone who God tells him to come preach come preach and we've had some awesome people come through come as you are. He's never not been who he was supposed to be because someone else was around. He's never thrown shade on them, any of that. He allows them to use the gifts that God has given them. And so he doesn't he doesn't lead with a competitive spirit. Mm. And that sets the tone for me, realizing that I didn't need to compete with everyone else who had a gift like mine. Mm. I didn't need to compete with, I didn't need to compete with my pastor when I started preaching because he's been preaching 30 years and I've only been preaching a year and I can't preach as good as him. I didn't need to compete with the other associate ministers that's on the bench because they've been preaching longer than me and they can preach better than me. I only needed to be better than I was the last time. And because he doesn't portray that competitive spirit and he shares his his pulpit generously because ultimately it's not his, it's God's. He just is the shepherd over it. Because he doesn't walk in that, I've learned to not worry about anyone else's gifts. I just try to get the most out of mine. Absolutely. Oh, that's so good. We 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 really praise this hyper competitive male image this alpha male image which to me is just hilarious at this point because as a as a uh, a growing and getting older man i realize most of this is just hype most of this is just hype i understand there's all these people around and you want to talk loud but bro relax you should have talked that loud yesterday when when you ain't had nothing going on for yourself. You should you we wouldn't even be in this situation that you had any real sense. But now you want to be all boisterous, you know, like I just think mm-hmm. we we are we we praise this this violent dominant male image. And yeah. I don't feel like most men truly desire to be like that. Especially with the amount of trauma that men receive as growing up in environments, especially black men too. You know, like, I think more men desire safety than they really want to let on. I think more men desire peace than they really let on. But because there's no space, because people haven't unplugged enough from all these personas to realize that peace is the ultimate currency, that Mm -hmm. peace is the ultimate platform because everybody needs it and everybody is rejuvenated from it that I think young men especially just get swallowed up in all and that's why I love how you said you know unplugging is the first step 
you know, to really realizing what and developing your real character because everything else, you know, you're just copy and pasting, you yeah. know, and these, and these, these folks ain't real. Like, man, it's really interesting to me seeing things from this perspective. Um, because when I was 20, when I was 25, 27, 28, 30, there were certain things I just did not understand. And I was living life based off of the understanding that certain things were important. And as I get older, I realize it's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just not. Just like point blank period. It's not. So what do you feel like? And, I, and I'm going to let you go here. You know, what's one thing you wish, you know, you knew sooner that created a massive shift in your life? Well, oh, what's one thing I wish I knew sooner that created a massive shift in my yeah. life? Oh, the, the the sooner I surrender to God is the sooner that I can walk in my purpose. I, I mean, that that's it. Like, I mean, it took me to... I was 28 to surrender to God. And before that, I I had a career that I thought, you know, I was supposed to be in and was in love in love with. Um, but I was making a whole lot of money and I but I was I was drowned out. <laughs> I mean, I was I was running dry. My emotions were just dry. I wasn't who I was supposed to be. It wasn't until I surrendered to God and started to walk this walk where I really found peace and joy. Um, and it is that, if I had to knew that a day sooner, <laughs> forget 10 years, if I had knew that a day sooner, I would be further than what I am today. If I had to knew it a second sooner, but let alone if I had to knew that when I was a boy, yeah. if I had to knew that when I was, you know, still under my mother and father's roof, I might not have made most of the mistakes that I've made uh, as I grew into the man that I am today. Now, I needed all of those things to get to this point. But if I hadn't knew that then, I wouldn't have bumped my head a hundred times before before I got to this point. Um, so for me, it was a surrendering to God. Mm, that's really... That's really good, man. That's really good. I think, um, you know... One of the things that really comes back to me is that the fact that you said, you know, your lived experience gave you a different perception of church, of faith, of of all these different things. And I think it's worth addressing, you know, that for many men, um, many of us have not had the best relationship with church the best relationship with God, the best relationship with authority figures in general, based off of Mm -hmm. abuse, based off of Mm -hmm. neglect, based off of this idea that boys are to be these hard things. um, And it's really damaging. And so I think it's really interesting that you say that, you know, you personally had to get to that conclusion. And even though it would have changed things for you sooner, you had to understand for yourself, develop your own experience uh, with God, with your creator, you know, with your purpose in order to truly appreciate and come into the to the knowledge that you are now, which 
I believe, you know, helps you pastor, right? Helps you minister because of the journey that getting your own experience that's not, you know, based in somebody else's reality, not based Mm -hmm. in somebody else's trauma, not based in somebody else's shortcomings, you know, um, I just think that's really, really valuable. I think that's really valuable. You were going to say something, brother? Well, yes. So you said something at the beginning that I wanted to kind of clarify that there's a vast difference between church hurt, hurt from church people, and hurt from God. Mm, okay. Most okay. of the time we take most of the time we take church hurt and being hurt from church people as yeah. hurt from God. Yeah. And that isn't necessarily no, not necessarily. That isn't true. Um, um, just because somebody claims to represent God does not does not mean that it is from God. And we have confused that. And just because we got hurt from somebody at the church, or or hurt from a church specifically, we blame God for for that. Right. And that isn't that isn't true. That isn't God. That's man. And so we have confused the two things. Not to say that your that your circumstances and your situation are any less valid and are any less painful. Right, right. But we we blame God for something that we do in the flesh. Mm. And so we have to learn to divorce what man does from God because it isn't connected right. all the time. Right. And that's what we that's what we do. We blame God for man's decision when it's not connected to the source. Mm, that's a great clarification. That's a great clarification. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, as I reflect listening to you, I, I, I agree with that. I think because of our pain, which, again, mm-hmm. you know, is valid, we assume that pain came from God or the Mm -hmm. source, however you want to say that. But in Mm -hmm. reality, you know, the pain we experience comes from people and or circumstances that are just out of our control. Um, And so, especially, you know, certain traumas and things growing up, more times Mm -hmm. than not, you didn't have any control over that. And and so I I just think that's, I, I appreciate you for clarifying that because for men who struggle, you know, with their faith or even um, being open to their faith. Nobody's telling you, you know, for any of those men listening, you know, I understand that, you know, I'm a podcaster, you know, I, I produce podcasts, you know, so maybe you don't want to listen to me. Maybe you got some stuff around, you know, Jack <laughs> being a, a, a minister and an AV production specialist and, and all these different hats that he wears. But I think it's important that we acknowledge, you know, you know, brother, whatever it is that you're going through and that you're dealing with, that something or somebody did to you, that doesn't reflect your value to God, to 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 the community. You know, don't don't allow everyone else's perceptions of you to determine how you feel about yourself. That's a part of that unplugging that um, that you mentioned, Jack, that is just so important. As men, we take on everyone else's opinion of our value. Um, 
and we carry that. We try to bury it in making more money or, you know, getting more women or getting more status. But internally, we take on these ideas that other people have about us and they eat mm-hmm. away at who we believe, what we believe our value is. Even when people are woofing and at, trying to act like they're not, it's quite obvious, you know, like you can't walk <laughs> out the house without a thousand chains on, bro. That's yeah. where you feel like you're valuable. It's just quite, it's apparent. You're wearing it. And I'm not, I'm not mm-hmm. knocking nobody that likes jewelry and stuff like that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying we can very, we can subconsciously start to devalue ourselves because of the things that we have gone through. Um, and when you devalue yourself, you ultimately don't understand your divine role and what God is doing on the planet. You know, what, mm-hmm. what your purpose is in the grand scheme of things. Um, which so I'm so glad that you said that, you know, it's just like those are not the same thing. What hurt you is what hurt you. That doesn't yeah. mean, you know, that's that's great, bro. But that that also but yeah, exactly what you just said, but that 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 goes with because we have a, a skewed view of who God is. Mm. And so we think that everything is from God just because it has his name on it and that isn't that is the truth most of us most of us don't know the god of the bible most of us don't open our bible and get to learn about him ourselves how he revealed himself most of us just go off of he say she say mm. what our mom and daddies told us what our friends told mm. us what other ministers at the church told us so my, most of us don't truly know the god of the bible we know the god of the person sitting next to us or the the God of the person that we share the bed with, or the God of one of our coworkers. We don't we don't really know this relational God of the Bible, how he revealed himself in scripture. And so when you don't open your word to know to know who he is and what he said about himself, you'll get confused about your value because you don't know him, so you don't know what he says about you. And if you don't know him, how can you know what he thinks and what he says about you? And so you'll always miss your value of who God says you are when you don't even know who he is. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's so much in there that I want to unpack, bro. There's so much because I think there's so many facets to that. I think there's so many Mm -hmm. facets to to just faith in general and, and yeah. how it looks for, for different people. Um, but I think it goes back to what you said to understanding the relational aspects of your faith. Mm-hmm. I think that is so important. You also said people really don't know their faith. They just know whatever their parents gave them or their grandparents gave them or they haven't really defined or figured out for themselves and took taking the time to learn who who God is for them and who how God is speaking to them I know for me at least you grow up with a lot of different ideas on everything that you should be doing but when that's not what your calling is you constantly have this conflict you just like well all of the things that I feel drawn to do don't seem to be acceptable or valued here. 
So what do I do with that? Mm-hmm. You know? And I think that's um, going back to that relationship. I think that is that's so important when you're developing your character. So one last thing um, for any of y'all who are listening. First of all, this has been an incredible conversation. Oh, my goodness. Um, it's just about time to go. But um, I want to encourage you all who are listening to follow uh, Jack Fitch- Fitzpatrick the third uh, follow empower you podcast share this with somebody who you believe would be encouraged uplifted empowered by it um, but then also take some time to to develop your own relationship with God with yourself um, and start to develop your own character you know if you're a man out there and you're suffering from some hurt from some trauma it's it's imperative that you take time to yourself Um, And as we are starting to wrap up, um, I just want to make sure that, you know, that's in the forefront of your mind, uh, even before we do our very last segment uh, of the podcast interview. So, bro, you're incredible. Thank you so much for your insight. I mean, you're 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 fantastic. Um, Thank you. At the end of every interview, we do what are called thought exercises. And okay. so on our thought exercises, uh, it's basically an opportunity for you, the guest, to leave something personal, leave a, a book, um, a scripture, maybe um, a, a, a practice that you have that really helps you get through your lowest points, right? When you don't feel like Jack. When you don't feel like you know who you are or you're having a significantly challenging day, something that helps you recenter and pulls you back into yourself. You know, I've had over 90 something thought exercises and these are still my absolute favorite part of the podcast. So um, if you're ready, you know, uh, the floor is yours, man. Would love to get a thought exercise from you. Yeah, so um, my thought exercise actually comes from um, one of my favorite who is now deceased. Um, I call him theologian, um, R.C. Sproul. He's a minister of the gospel. Um, there's this concept called Coram Deo, and it means living before the face of God. And whenever I find myself going through hard times, I mean, I do this every morning. I, I try to get in God's personal space every morning. <laughs> um, I try to pray, and I do it throughout my day whenever I have a hard time. Um, but at my lowest points, at my hardest points, at my hardest times, uh, I find where I am most comforted is when I am before God. When I am in my word, where I am in prayer, where I am meditating on the things of God, on who he is, and who he's called me to be and who he designed me to be. Um, Because it is in being in his word where I can pull on things that I may have read some time ago in order to minister to me in that moment. Um, It is in prayer that the Holy Spirit intercedes for my needs, even when I don't know exactly what they are. And it is in that meditation where I can focus on the things of God. So I diligently try to live my life in this concept of Coram Deo, living before the face of God. And I would encourage everybody else to try to live and not try, but do live 
in the face of God before the face of God. Hmm. And how would you implement that? Like, so for somebody who is, who's super new and maybe they don't, you know, maybe they don't read the Bible very much. Maybe they're, that's mm-hmm. not necessarily their thing, but they have a desire to grow a relationship with God, with their creator, uh, to grow past their previous traumas. And th- how would you encourage somebody who is maybe not from the church world to, um, to implement Quorum Deo? Yep. Pray. Okay. Pray. Uh, pray and tell God the truth. Tell him exactly who you are. Tell him exactly what you're going through. Tell him exactly what you need from him. And tell him that you surrender <laughs> to who he is. Tell him that you believe in him, but you don't know what that consists of. Mm. But you want to know what that consists of. Right. Want to know how to walk that life that he wants for you, um, and 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 then past that you have to you know open your Bible. You have to start somewhere. Right. I, I, that was the hardest thing for me when I surrendered was taking on the Bible. Praying was easy. I can do that whenever, wherever, for me. But opening my Bible was a hard part because there's a lot of heavy, hefty stuff that makes absolutely no sense. But until you open it and dive in, <laughs> it'll never make sense. And so you have to open it and start. Yeah. Otherwise, it will continue not to make sense. And there's a lot of tools, apps, and things like that Absolutely. that can help you start Absolutely. to implement different things. And then, and then ask for mentors. Ask for mentors. Ask for people who know about the relational God and can help you and direct you and lead you. Um, you can't do it all on your own. Absolutely. There hasn't been there hasn't been one a man to do it all on their own. Even the first man created Adam, God gave him Eve. <laughs> so no one can do it all on their own. Um, so ask ask God to send you mentors and people who are more mature in the faith to lead you. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Quam Deo. That's dope. Wow. Okay, y'all. Y'all got your marching orders for this next week. <laughs> you know, um, take some time to pray and just express what's on your heart. Let it all out. Uh, I think one of the a really powerful things that you said was that sometimes you really don't know what being a better person, what developing character, what self-development, what seeking God, what walking in your purpose or your calling, all these terms can feel super abstract, but you know there's something that you desire and that there has to be a better way than what you're currently experiencing. And you said, to be honest and say that, I don't know what this entails, but I want it. Yep. And I think that's a really important part uh, of what you said, because at least in my own experience, more will present itself the more open you are to it. And if you just start with that basic prayer, like you said, that's that's why I think that's so powerful. It's just like, just start there. Just start there. Just asking God, asking your creator, you know, however it is you pray, you may like to walk in the woods and pray, whatever it is, but start, (laughs) but just find a space 
to be that vulnerable and to surrender to those things, um, even though you don't fully understand what all of that stuff entails. That's, that's super powerful, man. I, 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 if you're a young man out here and you're growing and you're trying to figure out what you need to do, that is a fantastic thought exercise that you can do anywhere, all the time, especially in difficult moments, because the more you open yourself up, the more you'll find, the more that will find you. Um, and so, yeah, man, that that's that's fantastic. You got any books you writing or or or, no, or yet, any man. any podcast you starting or <laughs> essays or, 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 I think, or I think a podcast might be coming in the next year. I haven't fully uh, wrote the whole concept out, but sometime okay. maybe within the next year, okay. I got some things in the works. Oh, bet, but you gotta let me know, man. You know, I will, man. Appreciate you. Absolutely, absolutely, y'all. Thank you all so much for listening, for watching. Um, for sharing, for participating. Uh, thank you so much, Jack, for being here. Uh, God bless you. To all of you all who are listening, I truly appreciate you. Uh, thank you for being a part of Empower You Podcast. Uh, we will be back next week um, for another live episode on Facebook. Um, thank you again so much for being here. Uh, thank you, brother, for having me. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So y'all take care. I will see you all next week. Peace. Thanks for listening to Empower You Podcast. Don't forget to rate and review this episode because we would love to hear your takeaways from this discussion. And it helps us reach more listeners just like you. If you'd like daily audio video clips from the podcast, you can find Empower You Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon.